1: To Jags Drive Time with John Osher and Brian Sexton. Sexton. Wow! Jags Drive Time
0: starts
2: right now. Hey. Oh, <laughs>
3: Congratulations, Hats off to you guys man I know this was a tough week it was a tough week mentally just because of the situation of this game but you handled your business the right way okay and it showed on the field it showed by the way you dominated in this football game congratulations all three phases okay now we said a long time ago that we wanted this thing to come down to week 18 and it has week 18 you guys just keep being you Okay, you don't do anything special, right? You don't have to, you know, uh, lift more weights or run, which I would appreciate you doing that. But listen, just be you. Be you this week. It's time. It's time. It's time. We, we talked about it last night. We've talked about it all week. There's no reason to go back now, okay? You guys have come, come way too far. You've battled too, too much. You've gone through adversity physically, all that kind of stuff. We hang together. We rock and roll. Let's put in a good week. Uh, of preparation uh, one day at a time. Get ready for next weekend. Okay? That's right. That's right. All right, man. Here. Right,
4: Great win, fellas. One more next week. Let's go. Family on three. One, two, three. Family.
1: Head coach Doug Peterson and the Jaguars in the victorious locker room on Sunday at NRG Stadium in Houston. Welcome to Jacksonville and TIAA Bank Field for the Monday morning edition of Jags Drive Time. Brian Sexton along with John Osier I, I don't, I don't think we can go too far into the show without acknowledging what the steady hand of Doug Peterson has meant to this team this year, and and the folks just saw how even keeled he is. Right, you're on the you have, essentially have a playoff game on Saturday night now, and just keep doing what you do, just be you. Right, there's there's no hype. There's it's just steady. And steady wins the race, as you learned years ago in Indianapolis, with maybe the most steady coach I've ever seen in Tony Dungy.
2: Yeah, uh, Doug's steady in that uh, stratosphere of steady. Uh, he in on, on February sixth last year. He, he came in, and the vibe of the press conference, and the vibe, and his introductory press conference, and the vibe all off season was that. Basically, he was going to bring the NFL to Jacksonville again. Yeah, you know, and bring how to do it right. Uh, it had been a mess last year. It 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 had it had started going off the rails before that. Uh, I don't think that's too strong. No, at um, all. And Doug, he never really said the phrase, but the promise was he was going to show this franchise how to get back into the competitive NFL. How it's done, uh, and through the off season. Remember when he didn't start OTAs until a week after he w- was allowed to? Yes, and then he didn't have the rookie. I mean, uh, he didn't have the veterans go to the mandatory minicamp, and everybody was, how could he do this? They need every second. My impression was he was telling these guys all along. You guys belong in the NFL. You guys can win in the NFL. We don't have to do extra to get back in. We don't have to, uh, we're not the little brothers anymore who are fighting in. I thought that was the message with that of hey, you guys know what you're doing. I'm going to treat this like I would a veteran team. He has shown these young guys how to do this, and he continues to do that.
1: Since you used the brother analogy, that's what I used all spring and summer in talking to people. He was like the big brother yeah. who came in here and said, let me show you how we do this. All right. It wasn't right. it, it, it – calm down. I know how this is going to be done. Let's get this done. And here we are, not even a year from that introductory press conference. And at this time last year, we were talking about who's the next Jaguars coach going to be, how are they going to fix the mess left behind – and all of a sudden, we're talking about a Saturday night, 8:15 kickoff for a playoff game to get into the playoffs. Jaguars and Titans on Saturday night. And it's epic.
2: Make no mistake, you know, I hope the Jaguars win on Saturday. I believe they'll win on Saturday. They've earned their way to a favorites role in that. Regardless of the outcome, uh, one of the Ozone emailers last night emailed me and said, hey, the tide has turned. Totally. Regardless of what happened Saturday night, this is not the same old Jag- you know, the, the, uh, the Titans are good. I, and, I, and, and I don't care what the six games in a row, whatever. With a playoff game on the line, you don't know what's going to happen. But this is what this team is now. Six and two in the last eight games. Competitive, good quarterback, young, on the rise. Again, when you leave yourself a, a winner-take-all, in the NFL you don't know what's going to happen. But this I think is what you can expect. This sort of energy, this sort of big forward games. movement and boy did he deliver. As we go into big
1: things, I'll leave you with this idea and that is we talked about meaningful football around Thanksgiving and here <laughs> we are. The final game of the year is as meaningful as it gets. What a turnaround. Doug Peterson. So let's jump right into big things and we'll start with the South Showdown announced late last night. It will be Saturday night on ESPN ABC. That means the Monday Night Football crew. There will be a lot of pomp and circumstance around this game and some pressure as well. The Jaguars are looking for their fifth consecutive win, something they have only ever done here three times in their history. 2000 and I'm sorry, 1996 1999 and 2005 it's been a while so the pressure's gonna mount but doug peterson says hey man pressure's why we're here
5: this is what you play for this is what you coach for you know um this is this is this is what you want you know um for your football team you want to be in the conversation and you want to be playing for you know for us the afc south and, and we're playing a good football team and and uh, listen, you know we haven't done anything yet. They're they're still the champs until until something happens. And really feel like our guys are again in a good good place. They're a good place mentally, uh, physically, um, and I, I don't really have to worry too much about them getting excited for this one. You know, it's more it's more about just locking in on your job and focusing in on your um, uh, your task. You know, this week. Um, you know, starting
1: tomorrow. The 31-3 win over the Texans made it the first time since 2010 that the Jaguars had beaten all three of their divisional opponents in the same calendar year. That's just one streak that has been broken. We talk about the 19-game road losing streak or the 20 consecutive, season, pardon, 20 consecutive games they lost to the NFC. I mean, it was just streak after streak after streak that ended. And for Doug Peterson, he acknowledges that this was a season filled with ending the past.
5: It's great for the organization. It's great for the team. You know, um, obviously, you set out each season. You know, and hopefully, you win. You win more than you lose. But um, this is just a credit to the staff. It's a credit to the players. You know, uh, even you know, Mr. Khan, you know, giving me the uh, opportunity to coach his team and and uh, just the direction that we're headed. You know, obviously, we, we still have a game left. And um, but yeah, we we've, we've, we've conquered a few firsts. Uh, in a while, and um, you know, it's a credit to those guys.
1: And big thing three is expectations at two and six. Expectations were a little iffy right now at eight and eight after go- going six and two. I mean, they find themselves in a position where the expectations have changed significantly, but you wouldn't notice it in the voice of Trevor Lawrence. You look at the
4: situation we put ourselves in, that's kind of been honestly the feeling every week for us is just. Because if we didn't win what today was was four in a row, if we didn't win these games, we wouldn't be in a position to do this next week. So for, uh, for us, that, that pressure or whatever you want to call it, it's been there, and you know we've responded great to it. And now that this moment, you know, we talked a lot about you know a few weeks ago. It, this season's going to come down to week 18. We knew we had to take care of business these prior weeks, but we had a feeling we're going to put ourselves in a position to where week 18 is going to decide the you know our, our playoff berth and where we where we head after that. And, so we we've been expecting this, um, and we're ready for it. And I think, like I said, you can't treat it. You know, it's a big game because you're right; it, it is for for our season and to keep to earn the right to keep playing. But it's still a game. It's still played the same way. Still the same length of time. All that stuff. It's the same game. So you can't can't freak out and, and make it bigger than it is. You gotta you know stick to what you know and and. You're...
1: And let's roll back to the conversation we started with, which is how steady Doug is. I think steady's the best way, John, to describe. The Jaguars' last two games, right? You go up to a primetime game in New York in terrible weather. They do what they need to do. 19-3, to they win, right? Yesterday, you go into a division game against a team that you hadn't beaten since 2017. There was some pressure applied from the Jaguars' perspective to end that streak, and they go and they get the job done. They don't reach. There's nothing crazy. They did enough. That steady Eddie approach from the coach has played over to the team, and they're just almost matter-of-fact. I'm not, I'm not sure I expected they could be matter-of-fact about, about wins this season. I thought every one would seem big. But they have, they've made that transition from, hey, man, we're happy to be in this position, to, well, this is where we are, and this is how we do it.
2: Almost overnight. I mean, it, it, it's uh, it, one stat I wanted to throw out there. Doug Peterson, I mean, and the guy can really coach, and he can coach in this situation. And uh, when I say coach, I don't mean call plays. He he's he's an off the charts good play caller, but he can lead through this. Philadelphia, 2017, they lose uh, Carson Wentz late and go in the Super Bowl. Everybody knows that story. The next year, they win five out of their last six to make the playoffs at nine and seven. The the year or maybe in the last three. both years after they made the Super Bowl up there, they were up against it and won late in the season with streaks. I uh, Guess what? When you're the defending Super Bowl champion in, in Philadelphia and you're up against it in the last five weeks, there's some outside noise you yeah. Know, yeah. that you have to guide your team through. He can really navigate this time, and I think that has served this team well when you're 4-8. and eight and then have to sort of climb back into it. Um, To your point, when you look back on this season in a year and sort of think back about the arc, you're not going to think about the Jets and the Texans as, oh, those were huge wins. You're going to think about Dallas. You're going to think about Baltimore, the Raiders, and they came back. These two steady wins are exactly what you talked about. Before that game yesterday, the storyline was the Texans had – Played the Chiefs and Dallas tough, beating the Titans. There was war. Like uh, Logman and I were talking in the press box, and it it was a little. Uh, let's see what happens here because this is a tough game to sort of fight through. Um, and I saw him right after the game, and I said, "Hey, worried about nothing. This team has allowed you to worry about nothing sometimes." Um, to to say, "Oh, you should go beat the Texans." Well, they didn't go beat the Texans in week five. Yeah. And they didn't go beat the Texans last year late. They didn't go beat the Jets last year late. Uh, this year, they went up and handled those teams. That, to me, is as much of a show of where this team is yeah. as the Dallas one. It's
1: what good teams do. It's what good teams do. So, two more streaks that are over that I, I think are worthy of mention, right? Uh, one is... They're one of, what, three teams that had had the number one overall pick in back-to-back seasons mm-hmm. in the modern history of the draft? That's mm-hmm. over. Uh, and the other one is they had four consecutive seasons with at least 10
2: losses. Well, that's over, too. And if if you throw out 17, 9 of the last 10, 10, right. 11, whatever, no, so they got out of that. The glass ceiling is shut out of the abyss. Yeah, they're out of the abyss. They're and out of that
1: mud, that muck, that's tough to pull your
2: foot out of. And... Significantly, this was this wasn't really a streak. They've won three straight road games. Yeah, um, they're doing these things. Uh, all of a sudden, from two and six, they've turned into this team that you're not really surprised when they go handle a game. Uh, that's a remarkable turnaround, and I keep laughing when. Fans asked, "What happened? Well, what happened? For eight weeks, all all I wrote in the ozone, and all we talked about was this team's learning how to win. That wasn't just stuff that Doug Peterson was saying. This team learned how to win, and they've
1: won four in a row. They haven't won five in a row since 2005. And as I mentioned, they won 11 in a row in '99, and they had the seven-game winning streak at the end of the '96 season." So it has been rare for this team to stack these together. If they beat the Titans and make the playoffs, it will be a five-game winning streak. And it is astounding that this football team has figured it out at the exact right time against some quality opponents. I got some thoughts on the um, magnitude of Saturday night's game as it relates to Jaguars history, but we'll save that. We'll take a break. When we return, we'll go through a couple of highlights from Sunday's game. There are not many of them, which is a really good thing. Uh, Sundays, pardon me, Saturday's showdown with the Titans is presented by Johnson & Johnson Vision, the makers of AccuVue brand contact lenses. It's providing healthy sight for life. Proudly based in Jacksonville, visit JJVision.com. And we're back with highlights from yesterday right after this. Rolling right along here on a Monday morning, Jags Drive Time, brought to you by our friends at CarShield. To say it over and over and over, we're so used to Sunday games. Saturday night, eight fifteen kickoff, ABC ESPN. It's the Joe Buck, uh, Troy Aikman, Monday night crew. A big moment for Jacksonville. And there's some consternation about not getting that Sunday night game. Think about it like this, and this is just my opinion. Um, the Jaguars, if they win and host a wild card game, it's going to be a Saturday game the next week. The Jacksonville market has not had a Sunday home playoff game. They did a 99 with the AFC championship game. Um, they're going to get a Saturday game. So, at least I think they will. So, if you're worried about the short day this week, you get the extra
2: day next week, I think. You're in the postseason. Yeah. This, I mean, this is the end of the season. You're under the lights. Uh, it's It's huge. Is, is a Sunday night any better? I, I don't know why. Well, if, if you're hosting a Saturday game, and
1: again, the, the times haven't been figured out. I'm just going on history. If you're, if you're playing in a Saturday playoff game, then the Saturday game here gives you the extra day as opposed to the Sunday, which takes a day away. It's, it's six of one half a dozen yeah, minutes. I, I, yeah, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't wor- in other words, I wouldn't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Don't worry that they didn't get the Sunday night game because people, the minute Green Bay won, you know they're going to put Green Bay in there because they're the Packers. Well, it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, exactly.
2: And 100 years of history. It's all about eyeballs. 100%. 100%. Green Bay's going to outdraw Texans in Jacksonville. Now, I don't know that's necessarily true in a year or two when people get used to how special Trevor Lawrence is. 100%. That's how it changes when you get a quarterback like that. I mean, to share, when I got to Indy, uh, the Colts were not yet a guaranteed prime time. Uh, By the time I left... uh, I I got so tired of four AM arrivals yeah. from prime time road trips to the west uh, coast. And that's what that's what's coming. Well and I I think with this kid. I don't think Jaguars fans will say, Oh
1: no I, I'm not ready for the primetime. They want the primetime games. We haven't had it, but you might get a little time. No, I don't like primetime. No, no, I know. Everybody else is fine with primetime. I know. Time. But I, I I do think – It's good it, for me. It's I, good for me. Well, I mean, you see the Steelers and the Packers and some of those Colts teams you covered that would get four and five primetime games in a season, yeah. especially now that you've got Thursday and Sunday awful, and Monday. Awful, nasty stuff. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. So uh, buckle up because those primetime <laughs> plays, those primetime games are coming. All right, let's go to highlights from yesterday, and it starts on the Texans' opening drive they decided, I think inexplicably so, to go for it on 4th down.
0: Let's see if they come up with a stop here. Driscoll trying to do it himself. Hit hard by Jenkins. And this is going to be very close. And the Jaguars defense comes up with a stop. Third and goal. Hasty right at the middle. Stretches out and it's a touchdown. Third time this year the Jaguars have scored a touchdown on their opening drive.
1: Now, maybe if your stud rookie running back is in the ballgame, but Pierce has been on injured reserve now for a couple of weeks. Going for it on your side of the field, on the opening drive, especially the way you play the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Titans, that didn't make sense to me. I'm glad they did.
2: Yeah, I I thought it showed that Lovey knew that the Jaguars were the better team, obviously, uh, and felt like he needed to steal possessions. They needed to establish, and I also think they had run well on the, what, five or six plays they had run already, so I think they thought they could pick that up. I thought significantly on the next series, they went as fast a tempo, and uh, maybe I'm exaggerating it, but it felt like they ran as fast a tempo as they've run all season, the Jaguars. They had three wides uh, to each side, or three split, maybe Ingram was in there, Uh, and they went bang, bang, bang. To me... They clearly wanted to do something to catch the Texans a little off guard against a defense that Trevor struggled with. And Doug afterward, I asked him how important it was to get a lead, and he sort of couched it with, well, it's always important to get a lead. But I think against that team, considering what happened out here, 13-6 to where you didn't get touchdowns, if you remember that Week 5 game, it felt like you were always slogging in mud trying to get a touchdown you feel like if you just get a touchdown just get a lead it was 6-6 and 6-3 I think Doug really wanted to be up 7 nothing on that team thinking if we're up 7 nothing, they're gonna have a hard time getting back tied and all we need are a couple of field goals. Well, and, and I had a note in my notebook for red zone possessions, right? And,
1: and I wrote it in your final mm-hmm. analysis column. You know, let's track and see because they were 0 of 3 in the red zone when they played yeah. the Texans here. So, you know, there's red zone touchdown. Turns out the Jaguars didn't need much in the red zone. Second quarter, Travis Etienne went from long distance. First and 10 for Jacksonville. And Etienne on first
0: down has a crease. Goes etn. See you later. Touchdown. I believe a 62-yard run.
1: If I recall correctly, he was your he will he won't he might, and you've been talking about him getting big plays like this.
2: Yeah, uh, our friend Asher uh, texted me after the game. Said, "Hey, you were right about the etn long run." And I said, "Well, throw enough stuff at a wall, yeah, eventually it happened. it happened. Yeah, I mean, that's probably my. 35th he will he won't, he might and i finally got one um i asked travis after the game i said when you when you broke through when did you know that you were going to score and i forget exactly how he said it but it, his his response basically was "Was was well, there was only one guy <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so um, i I wasn't getting tracked down in that situation but he had been waiting for that for 14 or 15 weeks that right. moment where he took it to the house uh He's pretty humble, so you know but I think that was a big moment for him. okay, I, I got it. He knows he's good. He's proven himself to that. He, he's, he's proven that to himself. Um, one thing we missed on the first highlight, I thought Trevor Lawrence made a big time throw. I think it was to Zay Jones or maybe to Marvin Jones. It's Marvin uh, he, he had missed a couple uh, and I got some emails about well, he was a little he, he was a little off. That throw to Marvin was a big-time laser shot, again, showing you once or twice a game he does something that makes you think, oh, this is why he's special. I don't know if they score on that drive without that play. Right, Trevor Lawrence was the difference on that drive between three and seven. Just one more thing that he's doing to give them points, sh- show that he's special. Uh, I don't think yesterday was his greatest game. He missed a few. But there's still moments, man. He, he yeah. He's going to be so good. All right, up
1: 14-0 second quarter. You felt good about it. Knew the Jaguars were the better team. But it was still the Texans. They lost nine in a row in some funky ways. Three plays later, they slammed the door with the guy that I picked for. He will, he won't, he might. Josh Allen coming through with a huge play.
0: Oh, we get into it. Second and eight. Mills. And that one flutters. It's a loose ball. Still loose. Tyson Campbell. Down! Kasi had the quarterback pressure, and Tyson Campbell with the scoop and score for his first NFL touchdown.
1: So, a couple of quick thoughts: one, it slammed the door right there. But watch Josh Allen just push his way through, Young, and get there. And then I laughed out loud because Tyson Campbell is one of the most quiet, humble. Uh, Guys in the locker room, and to watch the celebration tells you everything you needed to know about how the Jaguars felt that game was.
2: Yeah, I I I laughed too. I thought that was just so out of character for him. Um, I this shows you how tough it is sometimes to be a pass rusher in the NFL. Josh leads the team in pressures this year. Josh Allen, he has not been nearly as bad as as maybe he thinks, if you follow me. He's he's had moments where he's he's been very frustrated. Um, He has been nearly as bad as uh, fans believe. And he's probably been a sniff of a step away from multiple plays like that. Yesterday, he gets it just that fast, gets home. If if he's a half a step later, maybe that play doesn't happen. Uh, Credit to him. Good for him. Good guy. Um, And... I was happy to see him get that moment. And so let's go to the fourth,
1: I'm sorry, the fourth scoring drive, third quarter opening drive. Jaguars impressively go right down the field and Snoop Connor gets in on the action.
0: On first and goal. Ah! Snoop Connor with the touchdown. His first NFL
1: touchdown. And we show this highlight. The fifth round pick from Mississippi. And we show you this highlight because at this moment now, Trevor Lawrence is done. Travis Etienne is done. Brandon Sheriff is done. Jaguars have a 28 to nothing advantage right. there. And all of a sudden Doug gets to do what we hoped he would get to do, what we talked about maybe getting to do is getting those guys out of the game.
2: Yeah, and it shows you the importance, you know, again the NFL is hard. It it it's hard to blow teams out. Shows you the importance of getting a break in the first half with the – I mean, I say a break. They created the break. But the big play with the scoop score, um, you know, if you don't get those, then all of a sudden that game comes out a little tighter. The Texans have more oomph uh, coming out. I think that's why Doug wanted to score a touchdown so much on that first drive. Late in the season when you're playing teams that are out of it, the quicker you can get them believing it's over – and them saying, okay, it's time to get home to the family tonight, yeah. the better. And they did a nice job of uh, stepping on the throat, so to speak, and saying this is not going to be a game today. Uh, I thought the first one set that up. I also thought it was interesting. Um, the, the opposite guys you talked to in the locker room, I talked to Evan Ingram, uh, talked to Trevor Lawrence on the podium, they weren't thrilled yesterday with how they played. They felt like they left some things out there. It could have been more efficient. But Trevor said he he really liked how that – Drive to start the second half went because I think they sort of knew they were going out of the game after that. To Trevor, it was really important to get that. And isn't it interesting that we're talking about a a eh, eh game from Trevor Lawrence, and they win thirty-one to three, most dominant score against the Texans. Great quarterbacks I can have eh games in blowout sometimes. This is not unusual. It's not a cause for alarm with Trevor. If a thirty-one-three is his eh game, you'll take it.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right.
2: When we come back, Jags drive time. We've got hot takes.
1: More to come from TIAA Bank Field on a Monday morning. The Jaguars are 8 and 8 and host the Tennessee Titans on Saturday night at 8 15 here at TIAA Bank Field. Back after this. Well, call Car Shield today if your car is out of manufacturer's warranty. Don't get stuck with expensive mechanical and computer screen repairs. Call Car Shield. Brian Sexton, John Osier with you here on Jag's Drive Time on a Monday. Jaguars 31-3 winners in Houston, and it brings us to hot takes. John.
2: I was just looking at my hot takes. I figured uh, you would. I, you know, it, it was gonna be. This is a boring game, and that's okay. Because I did get a couple emails saying, well, this is boring. Well, welcome. Yeah. Because after, you know. It's okay to be boring if you're winning, but uh, this is a maturing team, and they're playing like it. And it sort of ties in with that. The last two games haven't really been uh, masterpieces. You know, you're not going to go back probably and uh, watch that sounds of the game in three years as as a memory point for this season. But they are winning games in in methodical fashion, and. That to me is as important. It, it's as important to take care of the games you ought to win as it is to have dramatic moments in the games you're not supposed to win. Yep. And uh, to me, it, it, it shows that this team is. Uh, I, I have more faith that what we're seeing is going to be a sustained thing moving forward uh, because of. The methodical wins over eh, teams—it feels like that means okay, these guys know how to win now. Right. The more I listen to Doug, and the more that I talk to guys like Evan Ingram and Christian
1: Kirk in the locker room, you know, we all have heard Trevor from the podium, even through last year, how mature he was, how calm and reasoned he was. But to listen to the guys, or they've adopted. Mm-hmm. Maybe this—they're both new this year, but maybe Kirk and Ingram had this personality in Arizona and New York already, but it sure seems like there is a buy-in on the culture is the wrong word, but the personality of this team yeah, and they've all adopted
2: yeah. it. Yeah. I think, I think culture makes sense. I mean, it's, uh, it is amazing how in infectious winning can be. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, cool. this is a good team yeah. and, uh, I don't think that changes no matter what happens on Sunday. It doesn't change. You have won six out of eight, four in a row, uh, and your only losses during that streak are or, or to two teams who at the time were as hot as any team in the NFL. Uh, they've earned their way here. Both on the road. All right, here's mine. Uh,
1: this is the biggest regular season game, Saturday night in Jacksonville since they played the Falcons on the 22nd of December back in 1996. That was the conclusion of that great run through the regular season that sent the Jaguars into the playoffs. And we knew that day, and John, you were here for that, so you recall, we knew that Kansas City was most likely going to lose, which would put Buffalo in the playoffs. But we knew if the Jaguars won, they were going to be in the playoffs. And so it really set up just like this one on Saturday night. This one has a little more drama because it's a heated rival right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a primetime game, but it's the biggest regular season game. The only one I could even come close to thinking was the same, was the season finale in 99, because it was a season finale and that 99 team was playing to guarantee home field advantage and they needed to beat Cincinnati and they did, but we knew they were going to the playoffs regardless. Yeah. So it didn't quite have the same oomph. Um, there was a game against the Raiders here in 2007 that cemented everything for that team, but it didn't – we knew. They were coming off a win in Pittsburgh. We knew they were going to the playoffs. It was just a matter of beating Carolina or the Raiders, and they did, so not a big deal. This one, because it's the season finale and has the playoffs on the line against the Titans, sets up as the biggest since the Falcons and maybe the biggest ever.
2: Yeah, uh, Gene Frenette and I were uh, debating this a bit before uh, the game. Gene's convinced it's the biggest game in franchise history. You know, that Atlanta game. Regular season history. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Uh, the Atlanta game, it It was big at the moment. It I was mean, huge. There was a bigness to it. Uh, so I don't think you can discount that game. I w- I'd put this one up there. Uh, Gene's point, and I kind of see it, was – well, it's for the division. It's your hated rival, no doubt. It's big. Uh, I just the passage of time can sometimes diminish just how big that Atlanta Jack game was a huge, huge game.
1: Well, because they were four and seven, and because it was the second year of the franchise, it, right? And, and 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 because of the drama that. That, that we had seen, you know, right. the way they won in Baltimore and the right. five field goals in the rain here against the Bengals and, I will and Tony this. Bracken's interception against Seattle on right. Sunday night
2: football. I will say this. The way the NFL has sort of changed Week 18 is terrific because this will give the game, a, I mean, oh, yeah. a, just a monster feel. So after the game... I may I may go to Gene and say, hey, you're right. Right. Because of the, I mean, I think the environment is gonna be incredible. Although the Environment 96 was pretty cool. It was too. pretty good. All right. We'll take a break, come back, and wrap up
1: a Monday morning Jags drive time right after this. Well, Magellan invites you to move the freight with them. Go to the coolest office space in Jacksonville. You can apply online. At Magellanlogistics.com and help them move that freight. Brian and John with you. Back to wrap up Jags drive time. Um just want to run through a couple of superlatives because we talked about this. Um and we'll start with Evan Ingram, who had a catch in the second quarter that pushed him to a um a Jaguars record. Single season franchise record for receiving yards. I Don't think that number's right. right. No. no um but he has
2: 69 receptions yeah i think and he's, he's 7, 34 7 or 69ish that. Okay. some uh, somewhere in there but yes he has the uh single season record and it it feels right he's had to me the best season for receiving tight end that i've seen uh, with apologies to mercedes lewis who had uh, 10 touchdowns in in 2010 2010 that was a heck of a year i wasn't here for that but i remember yep. He was a factor, so let's uh, shout out to Mercedes. But Evan came here for this reason, to, to play for Doug Peterson. Uh, and credit to Evan Ingram, who, as I said a couple times in this show, had a tough time in New York. Uh, that can that can jade a guy. Uh, he's a terrific guy, likes being here. I hope they get him re-signed, and I hope he's part of this going forward. Because to me, he feels like that second contract core guy to me. And by the way, we should mention Kyle Brady came here as a free
1: agent in 99 and had a huge impact on that 99 team, primarily in his ability to move the chains on third down and the running game. But Evan Ingram is that receiving tight end in the modern mode of the game, and he has set those marks. All right, Christian Kirk went over 1,000 yards. I think that's where that number comes from. Uh, First 1,000-yard season in his career. Modest day yesterday, but he's been very impactful.
2: Well, his impact, um, somebody asked me last week who I would uh, least like to see not on the team. I mean, or least like to see injured uh, in our pregame show. And I said maybe Ingram. But, But the reality is I wouldn't want to see this offense right now without Kirk, Ingram, or Zay Jones, because as a threesome, they put so much strain on the defense. And I don't think you would be putting that strain uh, without any of them. I think they all complement each other very well. Credit to Christian Kirk, a lot of speculation and criticism when he first got signed for the contract and all that noise. Uh, He has really shown his value and his importance to this offense fitting exactly how they envisioned he would fit and finally
1: Travis Etienne and his performance this season and you can see um fifth 100 yard rushing game on the season the longest touchdown of his career um still you want to see him hold the ball a little bit better um but I mean the guy is a tremendous talent explosive and um I where would the offense be without that
2: yeah and Every time I get an email saying, why do they keep giving him the ball? Because of that. That's why. And yeah. But, yeah, he's got to – you hope that the fumble stuff doesn't bite the offense. And right now it feels like something that could. I don't yeah. want to sugarcoat that. Uh, the ball's on the ground too much when it involves him, uh, and that's a worry. Yeah, well –
1: uh, he's a guy who, when he does have the ball in his hands, can put your heart in your throat if you're a defender. And Unfortunately, a couple times this season when you've been a Jaguars fan, you've been like, hold on to the ball. Yeah. Uh, but the 62-yard touchdown really was a huge moment in the game yesterday. Oh, he's terrific. Oh, no, I mean, no, 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 I mean, no. T- take the nothing other away stuff, from
2: him. Yep. He, he is, you're stating the obvious because he every is Jaguars is so fan much knows. better than I anticipated, yep. and I thought he'd be good. He is a special player. All right. Jaguars and? titans
1: saturday night 8 15 right here at tiaa bank field of course the game will be broadcast on abc and espn we'll be here all week long doing what we do steady Eddie, just like doug said providing you insight news and analysis on the jaguars here on jags drive time on jaguars.com and on tv and on radio have a great rest of your monday it's a big week in jacksonville folks soak it up and enjoy it and we'll talk to you on wednesday here on jags drive time